Hey, Peter. Hey, what's up? What is the difference between a natural minor, a relative minor, a parallel minor, and a minor blues? Uh, ascending or descending. Oh, boy. That's not even <laughs> one of the options. <laughs> Melodic minor. <laughs> I'm Adam Ennis. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm Peter Martin. <laughs> listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Um, Peter, for advice listen- coming at you and the largest what? hydration <laughs> kind of bougie everything. drink for the listeners. Let me just describe what Peter's <laughs> drinking out of. I don't even know actually want to know yet what you're drinking. I assume it's, it's a, a smoothie. It's my my special smoothie. It's some kind of vegan protein smoothie. So and listener, there we just lost all our viewers know, as soon so, as you said vegan. So listeners, <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, you could see it. So first of all, it's a it's sort of a clay colored earth tony hydro flask. It is enormous. That's got to be at least 128 it's not hours. Hydro flask. It's hydro f- hydro flow, which is currently in litigation than with hydro, the hydro flask of company. Of course, of course, it is. <laughs> it's got a giant handle. So let me ask you a question. So when you get in your giant SUV, which I assume you drive <laughs> I when not. I see that, no, okay. Uh, man, that Does thing this belong is, in West County? This belongs in West County, doesn't it? Honestly, yeah. It, and also, by the way, as I look at you too, <laughs> you got a hat on that says N-O-L-A. Yeah. No, NOLA. Shout out New Orleans, Louisiana. What's your shirt say? Oh, so this is uh, St. John of the Bayou, who is the pa- – you know, we have patron saints in New Orleans for uh, everything. This is the patron saint. We have patron saints in New Orleans. Pa- what, 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 <laughs> what neighborhood in St. Louis is New Orleans in again? We're in St. Louis, Missouri, man. So I'm sorry. We can only have. Wait, what do you have on your shirt? Nothing. Okay. I don't like to. I don't like to advertise. St. John of the Bayou is the patron saint of kayaking, which is a little bit of an inside joke. This is my old neighborhood. Is that St. John? Is that a joke? Actually, it's a little bit of a joke. Okay. Well, the fact that um, this religious gentleman, we'll just leave it at that, is also Patron holding the beer here. Kayak, kayak. So oh, I get that. it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, listener, there can be no question that Peter's heart Shout out um, Mid-City. In. Shout out Bayou St. John. Yeah. Shout out City Park. You got a big piece of you that still is in- Shout out Mystery Street. New Orleans. Yeah. Have you ever talked about why you're in St. Louis and not in New Orleans? It's an interesting. It's a really interesting It is. Story, is that yeah. for today? Or are we talking not theory? Be, but we should talk about it sometime. We'll, we'll do that. It's really great. And also, it's kind of I mean, traumatic, but thanks, I'd love thanks to talk more about your hydro <laughs> flask, but we have so much going on. By yeah. the way, my hydro flask, Peter? Yeah. What does that say? That says open studio. Oh, really? Yeah. You know what's in there? Nectar of the gods, water. Nice. Yeah, not <laughs> from some kind Bayou of St. John. Yeah, no. Well, I hope not. <laughs> from the Mississippi. Also vegan. Also water. vegan. <laughs> well, we actually we don't know. There could be some little little buddies living in here. We don't know because it is St. Louis City water. I got. It's just, from the Mississippi River. Our water here is from the Mississippi. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't want to admit that. Oh. Um, if you've ever been around it, you wonder how does that possibly happen. But Thank it, you, Monsanto. That's delicious. <laughs> Monsanto. <laughs> Shout out, Monsanto. Keep on GMOing. It's a nice tang to it, you know. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to what we're talking about today. Let's Peter, get on the rails. We haven't even go, been on the rails yet. We, we are. Totally we haven't off even the rails. got near the rails. So, and this might be a third rail that we have here today, which is yes. you know that'll kill you. Uh, today we're going to be the title of today's episode is "Stop Clinging to Music Theory." Uh, and this came about because I've been I've been thinking so much about how we frame yeah. the concepts that we're working on in our minds because I've been releasing a string of short videos on Instagram and YouTube and TikTok and Facebook, 
And I released one that has been kind of a hit, which is really great. And I'll just set up what the concept is behind the video, and then I'll, I'd love to get your reaction. Because I know yeah. that you are not, you know a lot of stuff, and you're very knowledgeable about music, but you're not a theory nerd. Like, you don't sit up late at night reading, you know, Schoenberg's Theory of Harmony and studying every last diagram. You don't know what I sit up at night reading. I don't, but I assume <laughs> it's not that, uh, via our Giant Steps episode write that from down. last Hold week. <laughs> via the Giant Steps episode from last week, I assume that you're not. Oh, you this brings a glimmer of joy to just, <laughs> just, look at him, just referencing back. It's one of my all-time favorite moments It's kind of like podcast. when you travel somewhere that you love, and then you're leaving, you're like, oh, this is so sad, but then you're like, no, I'll always keep that memory with me, you know close to like? my heart. It's like when someone you know for a long time pronounces like like the word campfire like they're like yeah camp for and you're like and you're like wait what'd you say someone with like a college and they're degree. like it's a camp for what did you say camp for it's campfire and they're like oh that makes so much sense right. or when they're like you're driving down the highway and someone's like looking at a building and they're like i just got what skyscraper means now it means they're so tall that they're hitting and you're like that's what it felt like when you were like giant steps is in major third anyway right. digressing but it is it is uh rel- uh it is related to the topic today which is stop cl- clinging to mu- music theory which sounds like a very negative thing and it is and i'll tell you why no i put really out, please stop. i put out this video here's here's the here's the whole point of the video right it's a game that i've been playing in my own practicing yeah. and it's so funny because and we're going to link below to the video so folks can go evaluate it for themselves, right? I've been working on this for like three months. Just in my own practice, I've been doing this as a way to sort of like discover interesting chord progressions yeah. and and help. I, I find it so much fun to do and also enlightening about the function of modal interchange. And that's where we kind of get off the rails with some people uh, when I posted this. So the, the whole point of the, the exercise is this. We play any chord progression, let's say in the key of C. We'll do something like one... Uh, four, three, two, one. Mm-hmm. Very simple, right? Again, C, F major, E minor seven, D minor seven, C. Very simple. Yes. Now, the fun game is that with something like modal interchange, the way I like to think about this, and I'm wondering how you would think about this as well, is if I replace numerically, like I use the same Roman numerals, but I, I change everything except the tonic to go up a minor third, which is a very relative key center, right? It's a key center that a lot of songwriters and composers yeah. use to go outside of any given diatonic key. It's one of the first places people go will be that relative, what people have been calling the relative minor, which I disagree with, by the way, and we can talk about that in a minute, but is that key, that major key, a minor third up. And everybody's like, we'll get to this in a second. But anyway, here's, so here's the exercise. One, four, three, two, one. Everything except for C goes up a minor third. So one, and now we go to the key of E flat. What's the four? A flat. E flat, A flat. What's the three? G, G minor seven, two, a. F minor seven, and then back to C, because right. that's, we're keeping the one the same. So it's just, and you, the way that I play this game is I do one right after the other, so you can hear the difference. What I love about this exercise is it isn't think, thinking simply of, of the parallel minor, right? It's not thinking of the modal interchange because the function of four, three, two, one remains the same, even as we, like, it started off by thinking about backdoor two, five, ones, right? Yeah. So two, five and C is D minor seven, G seven, C. And then a backdoor, which is very commonly known as F minor seven, B flat. But I was like, that's still a two, five. It still wants to go there, right. but it sounds so hip used in the key of C. We're not in the key of E flat, we're in the key of C. Yeah. 
what if we did that with other changes? So what if, you know, what if we did one, five, six, four, one, and just replaced everything except for the tonic. So one, right it's yeah. so much fun okay so i released a video where i kind of like set up the game for yeah. people i didn't really tell people it was a game and so a lot of people game changer perhaps? it's i for me it's been a game changer because i'm having so much fun like discovering these sort of what we'll call backdoor chord maybe i should just rename it backdoor chord changes so what caleb, was the, the other thing that somebody said it was parallel parallel minor that's right. been the caleb, can you start rolling some of the the comments I got. This is yeah. just from Instagram, by the way. There are even more on TikTok and YouTube of these. Glad to see many commenters are pointing out that it's just a modal shift, aka, AKA borrowing from the par parallel minor. Nice job, guys. Snarky, keep going. Caleb. So the parallel minor is, um, is that actually the major that's minor third up? Yeah, I mean, it is, in my mind, parallel I, minor is useless to me. Because well, I didn't know what it was. So there, Me neither, so but it also doesn't make I any sense it. if I want to do this game. Like, so instead but, I mean, of, is that a commonly known thing as you're going up a minor theory? So here's the thing. Here's why I, the name of this episode is Stop Clinging to Music Theory. Everybody here is just like, oh, this is just parallel minor. This is just this. Yeah. And it kind of shuts down to me the conversation about like, but it's not just, like when you learn parallel minor, do you learn this game? which is explaining the function of these chord progressions and then taking them up. And the function remains intact. Yeah. Like, think about this chord change. That one's really fun. Science has finally found a, the hardest way to describe <laughs> a major six chord in E flat. That's not even close to how I'm framing this game. Yeah. But it's like people want to sort of really try to put some kind of concrete construct to the, the, the concept. There's yeah. a lot of cons. But... I find it liberating to just release yourself from this and try to find different framings for the same thing. That's which is exactly what this is. I, yeah. Of course, I know the concept of modal interchange and parallel minor, but to me, it makes not nearly enough sense practically when I want to discover new things as doing this. So this chord change, right? Yeah. All over the place. You hear it in so much music, but why does that work? It's a four-five-one. It's four-five in the key of E flat. So, but in the in C minor, that would be what six, seven. It doesn't. That's not four, five, one. Yeah, we're temporarily going somewhere else. We're taking the listeners. It's like, can we use theory to explain things in the way that someone that doesn't know anything about music, a listener, yeah, would feel the music. That's to right. me, that's what music theory is. Like it's once not, you go beyond that, it's like it's not yeah. meant to like shut everything down as far as like, well, that's just this. It's right. not just that. Like, it's merely, I think the best theory and the way they use theory the best is merely as a jumping off point. It's usually an imperfect descriptor, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. Yeah. And I love if there's, because we never, you and I have never had college level. I had some jazz theory. Not, I didn't. I tested out a jazz theory, ironically, even though I'd never had a, a music brag. theory. Well, yeah, when you could still <laughs> test out of things at the new school. But uh, it's like, I've never had a college level music theory class, so I'd be really interested in how people describe things like minor keys, because that to me is a big hiccup in thinking about this in the same way as a parallel minor. It makes no sense to me to think about using chords from a parallel minor, which people are calling the Aeolian. Isn't that, first of all, just E flat major and you're adding an extra step? Right. E flat major, and now I have to go to the sixth degree. Right. And now the degrees are different. So four, five in C minor is. Right? And yeah. then also, 
Peter, let me ask you a question. <laughs> Another thing that I don't like about the term parallel minor for... I know I'm getting really... I have opinions on this. I'm going to look up parallel. Is that a, really a thing? Uh, apparently, as so many commentators okay. are saying. But if you consider it parallel minor, you're leaving... Like, you're just saying it's minor is the aeolian. Yeah. Which is not minor... A minor key is not the aeolian. It is in the key signature, but the key signature doesn't paint the whole picture. The key no. signature is incomplete and is not a perfect way to describe a minor key. For instance, Peter, what's the tonic of C minor? G. No. What's the tonic? Oh, C. Sorry. <laughs> See, I thought you were trying to trick this me This is there. how much music theory Peter really needs to work. C minor. C minor, right? right. That's the tonic. Yeah. Right? It has to be. Yeah. What's the dominant chord? G. G what? Seven. G seven. G dominant seven. Now, that would have a B natural in it. That would, yes. Where does Where is that in the, represented in the key well, signature? Well, that's what I alluded to in the intro with the ascending my, melodic, melodic minor, minor. But that doesn't have its own. That doesn't. The key signature of C melodic minor is well, key this, of F is doesn't one. This go, but doesn't this go? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. G minor to C minor is ridiculous, but it's not even a key of F. It's it's a we'd be one flat on E flat, and it's not even a real key signature. Right. So if we're at three flats, no. What what is C minor? C yeah, minor would be flat. three flats. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's. Um, but wasn't that used to, you know, that was a descriptor and a system that was established when the music generally was flowing. And I, I can't tell you when this was, hundreds of years ago. But you can, in Europe. You can listen to European Baroque. Like that was later, right? Like that a was a little bit later, but it was you're still talking 19th century here. Fives would right. have a dominant seven chord, which wouldn't be in the key of. Of, of three flats for C minor. Right, but it goes back to the, the whole problem of trying to take nomenclature, a system of explaining something that has the function of it, the form, the function, and the usage, and how people can listen to it and enjoy it. And it, like, like long ago has left those descriptors, right? Totally. And this, yeah. is, this is, I think, what, what I'm trying to hopefully convince people here of is that like the system we have for describing this stuff is imperfect and yeah. it seems like a lot of people are like no there's an answer for everything we can describe it perfectly this is just this this is just that yeah. and it doesn't seem like it's straightforward a minor key is the perfect example of that in practicality in music in the last hundred years minor keys don't represent everything in a minor because the primary dominant chord g7 in c minor is not represented right. in the key signature and that's a primary chord. And we talked about this before. In reality, a minor key contains every note from the fifth back up to the tonic. So in the C minor, like you could use chromatically everything from G up to C because it's in the melodic minor, it's in the harmonic minor, and it's in the natural minor. Yep. All three of those scales we could use to build around the key of C minor and are practically used by songwriters and composers to build in C minor. We call that a minor mashup. It's a minor mashup. Minor, minor is a mess, man. Minor right. takes a lot of work to make a minor tonic. Yeah. And I would love to please just tear me down with this, as I know our, our dear listeners <laughs> will. If I'm wrong, but I know there are probably doctorate-level music professors here, how do you explain a minor key signature, and what do, what do you call the primary dominant in C minor? Is it well, G7 or is it G minor? Right, right. No, it's definitely not G minor. But it's it's just I th I think this speaks to maybe a bigger issue that we're not going to solve. But I think it is interesting, um, and it almost gets into like a little bit of a cultural thing as far as like if we're explaining modern pop music, jazz. I mean, we like as soon as you start doing stuff like that, I mean, you know, Stevie Wonder. But that's course. been around since Poulenc, like the French right. in the early twentieth century. Right. But it's like we need to be able to. I think it's still useful. I wouldn't say 
throw out music theory, but let, let, let's throw out trying to explain in a 300-year-old way music that has evolved and certainly has some of these elements and yeah. influences. And there's some useful things that we can take for that, but let's throw the other stuff away. And so the first example, um, what was the one you did before, the A flat up to the B flat to the C? Yeah, so that's four, like... The yeah, four to five of a minor... Th like, let's just yeah. call it a minor third above, I as opposed to a parallel... Um, because that's what it is. Minor. Even if you're saying it's C Aeolian, that's a mode of the key of E flat major. I think right, it makes more like it's kind of like there's always multiple ways to explain something. Right. But what is the simplest way? It's not all. It's sometimes it's deceptively simple to say, well, we're going to explain A flat to B flat all within C because we know we're not really going to another key. So like traditionally in classical music, you know, remember I remember learning like when do you go into another key signature, yeah. you know, and then like how, how long do you have to actually be there? And that's like a big deal. Yeah. In this kind of modern music, that isn't a big deal. It's we go in and deal. out of that stuff. That's part of the reason we don't even have key signatures a lot of times. And I do, I have a lot of actually, don't want to seem like I'm, I'm trying to be too stalwart on this because I understand that whatever you grew up with, honestly, is usually the easiest thing for you to understand. Yeah. So if you grew up with like a parallel minor system and that's the first way you learn this, I think for a lot of jazz pianists who have to, transpose on the fly and we're playing tunes that are dipping in and out of keys pretty seamlessly yeah uh and and we think about like if you're if you're playing you know um have you met miss jones like we don't think of this as flat three minor flat six no. that's a two five heading to g flat but yeah. it's really yeah, yeah. This is the two because it's easier to to hear it like that, to understand it like that, right? And to like, it's just easier, yeah. right? And so it's a dogmatic approach when you say everything has to be within this because you haven't left the key yet. At the bridge, it goes to the four chord. Yes, right. of course it does, but that doesn't mean everything before that has to be explained. And isn't that what music theory is supposed to be about? It's explain. It's like the science of like there's water, right? We all drink yeah. water, whatever. But the science will tell you this is a certain type of atom, hydrogen and oxygen put together in this kind of thing, which is kind of interesting. So how do we describe the interesting parts That's to this right. in a way that is not dogmatic? I think right? for most player players who who use music theory as a as a way to help them develop. You just player, need to, play, player, 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 players. You need to find what works for you as far as how you think about it. Yeah. Even if that means I'm not going to put a big frame on this. I'm just going to let it be as it is and not know what to do over a minor, or whatever. That that is also a frame. Yeah. So I think you know a lot of improvisers approach this from a very practical standpoint of like what's going to get me to these sounds that I love to hear. What's going to make me remember them? Yeah. That's how I build my own, and I know you build your own theory. I've heard you talk about things like the diminished scale as. Or what, the altered scale as like a whole tone yeah. and diminished scale mix. And I would never think about it like that, but I get why you would yeah. frame it that way. And if it's helpful for you to remember it, that's all that matters. Yeah. And I think that like, and we, I, I certainly don't want to come across as like we're anti-theory. It's like, just feel it and just hear it because this can be very helpful. And it has been to me with a number of things. It's not always necessary to know this stuff, but it can be helpful. It can be helpful. And it can definitely be fun. But let, let's not get to the, like like parallel minor versus, oh, you're just shifting up a minor third the way Herbie does on such and such. Like those are both fine ways to say it. It's the same thing. The idea is just that you're understanding why something sounds cool That's and right. you can duplicate it. And then like, you can replicate that yeah, however that you is. can That's, call it, you know, a spotted, you know, yeah. three-armed pig, if that's the, the name that you want to call it. Yeah, but, but getting, getting just super hung up on what well, we're done 
And yeah. this is everything. Like there, like music theory is not settled by any means. No. And it's always changing because it's describing people that are out there on the boundaries exploring sounds. Right. And exploring ways to get these concepts, you know. And, I, and I, the, easier, the easier way for one person to understand or exp- to both explain and to understand something new or to hear it and then be able to like apply a little bit of, you know, theory to it is different, right, for, for everybody. Uh, I mean, not for everybody, but there's like different, that's why different approaches to this, like totally. say, with the altered scale is like, you don't have to hear it as half, whole, half, and then whole steps, but that's one way to do it. One I've heard it explained it. as like, um, what is it? The seventh, the seventh mode of the melodic of, of minor. The melodic that's how minor. I think of it. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought about it like that until somebody was like, mm, I think Nicholas Payton, I remember he said something, he was just like, and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh yeah, you didn't know. Yeah, I was yeah. like, Ugh. but you know. That's just another way to kind of unlock things. And then some of the greatest teachers, Barry Harris, doesn't think about modes at all. He doesn't think, or he didn't think about Mixolydian. He talks about that, how none of the bebop players were thinking about it like that, or at least not the ones that he was familiar with. It's not how he approached it. That six diminished harmony. And, you know, that is, again, and then people get dogmatic about that. Well, that's the way to go. None of it is the way to go. It's whatever is working for you and getting the sound that you're trying to get. That six diminished harmony gets you that sound perfectly. Just like if you, if you do the exercises from the, the art of counterpoint Fuchs book, you sound like Haydn. Like you can, you can write like Haydn tomorrow if you do these exercises. Like it's pretty, it's pretty prescriptive. But I can tell you that like, I, that understanding this now, which I never thought about it like that as far as like I've always kind of understood maybe not from a theoretical standpoint but appreciated yeah. like the connection between different tonic areas that we can shift to totally. coming from almost a chromatic standpoint so if we talk about C major you know like what are the different areas that are close 100%. by and how do they sound it works with other keys too E flat like between C and E flat is just the most common yeah. you could do this with really any key it's, C to E it's is such very a great nice. game to play yeah like so if you were to do like if you were to do like one change everything it gets you these crazy sounds but it's so much fun to do yeah. you're just inner you're literally modally interchanging you're changing the yeah. mode within the but and keeping the tonic it, the same is, and i would is put great. all these kind of things like in the in, into the wonderful kind of harmonic bucket of like how do you play something that's like ah like fresh or like yeah. it gives the listener like totally wow but that's not random that's because how like been, you know like yeah. if a cat comes it's got and a runs structure up and it's got a structure that yeah. people can connect with it's just in another place you're going on this little it's storytelling it's, it's, it's harmonic totally. storytelling totally. because you're not getting stuck in like where am i right now where am i in the tonic key no we're just going on a beautiful little journey, little journey outside we're gonna yeah. come we're gonna find our way back home and it's, i think that i mean jazz musicians we can talk about you know herbie and a lot of you know chick is such a master of doing this at, just a meta level, you know, yeah, totally. or, or somebody like Bobby McFerrin is like, he's singing things that like imply these things all the time. He's not thinking about that theory and stuff, but it like, when you kind of reverse engineer it with these rules, it's like, ah, he's shifting up a major third, shifting up a minor third, and then coming back down and then and it works. Yeah. And then you get to just abandon these rules and right. stretch yourself past this. That's what's so fun. That's what's yeah. fun about music theory. It's not, again, we're not saying music theory is bad. It's just no. not the end all be all. It's a, it's a jumping off point yeah. to explore. I would say that it's a little bit of a danger sign and I would caution all of us. And I've probably been at fault for this as well. Like let's not 
dismiss things, even if we look at them in a different way as, oh, that's just dot, dot, dot. That's, that's really the phrase that, that has triggered yeah. me, is that that's just. nothing is just. Exactly. Yeah. Unless you're saying, you know, sometimes things, and we've definitely, you know, been guilty Feeling of so this. so triggered. Yeah, yeah. No, we've been guilty of this. It's like over-splaining stuff, you know, jazz bro-splaining stuff. Like, yeah. just kind of any sort of, and then if somebody says, oh, no, that's just this. I love that, because then I'm like, oh, shit, that's so easy. Why was I yeah. overdoing it? Because great stuff, there's always an inner simplicity. There's always an inner, like, even, have you been on the Golden Gate Bridge before? I've never have, no. Okay, so... Beautiful bridge. Yeah. Go check it out sometime, San yeah. Francisco. You'll love it. But I, I've, I've like run on there a couple of times. It's terrifying because I'm afraid of heights. You look like you live it's in San Francisco <laughs> right now, just with the whole shirt. <laughs> Don't make me get my sling, buddy. Hydro flow combination. How do I look like I live in San Francisco. This is the only people in New Orleans understand this. You this look is so like inside. a, and you are a tech CEO, but you look like a tech CEO. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, All right. it's great. No, uh, but I was going to say the bridge, like the, it's such a complex equation that keeps that thing up they've had earthquakes yeah. the thing was like however many hundred yeah. years old they didn't use computer and cad modeling or anything or chat gpt to create it thank god oh, yeah. but um but it's but the idea is that like you look at it and as you learn if you're an engineer like and that's kind of what i see us as the equivalent of musicians we're engineers structural engineers structural engineers yeah, and it's like you can go up there and explain well this works because of this but it feels simple it feels safe it feels beautiful it's it feels something you fun can build be, things on yeah yeah, yeah. Totally. but then it is fun to well, kind of get in there and nerd out and i'm sure the structural engineers are looking under the bridge and being like wow that's that ratio of this to that and then they argue with each other it's but i mean i don't think anyone's up there like oh that's just a bridge that's just a trust bridge but yeah, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Jesta because to me that's a that's a phrase that sort of shuts down the conversation. There's nothing else to do if this is just parallel minor. There's nothing else. We already know all this. Just just that. Yeah. And to me, that's like the opposite of what I want music theory to be. I want music theory to inspire and spark these kind of games that we're just describing yeah. here. Of you know, like that is is the most fun we can have. And the yeah. well, it's just a this is. is and it doesn't have to be even like the the. It, maybe it is just that. Maybe it is just parallel minor, up a minor third. And and we're, that's what I'm saying. Like, sometimes we'll say, like, oh, that's just this here, here, and here. But then be open to, like, oh, there's another way to look at it. Well, so It doesn't mean, like, there's not a right way to look at things. It's funny, because this game has, has produced a lot of this is just that. And the other thing that I've kind of put out in the world is the magic voicing system. Yeah. When I first put Ever it out, there it. was a lot of, oh, it's just Frank Mantooth voicings. <laughs> and then I would also be frustrated with, like... Is it though? Is it? If but those are dope. People love Frank Mantooth voicings. Yeah, but it's, don't it's they? not there. There are Frank Mantooth voicings that the same shape in the system, but the system is a totally different framing. Yeah, and that's the fun part to me. Is like, how can we take yes. something that's sort of familiar, expand upon that, add right. some new ideas to it, and new frame it in a way that a to lens. me makes a little more logical sense? And nothing this is, is new. This is fun for me to do with this with this concept too, and that to me is like what music theory is fun for. Exactly. It's like working with math, you know. And it's like there's nothing new. It's just like with mathematics. Totally. It's like no one's gonna. But like, can you look at two plus two in a different way? Can you right. turn it upside down and exp it's not? Well, that's just addition. You know. Well, that is just addition. But it, but you talk about the Frank Mantooth, which I'm not as familiar with as you know. Classic but, book. Classic book. We no, all we all grew up with in the '90s. But it's like when people say, "Oh, that's just so what voicing." Sometimes. I'll be starting to explain something that I tell myself, oh, you know, like I'll use it in some place that's not so what. Just And then so I realize, and I love that. I'm like, wow, when these fundamental foundational things, oh, that's just a trust bridge. Yeah, but it's like, what did you create beautiful with it? You're, you're explaining something that has a commonality 
right. among, you know, just like people like, oh, well, Bach did that 200 years ago. Great. We're doing this shit now and it's swinging. Yeah. That's, that's a beauty of humanity. And also someone probably did it right before Bach in a different way. And right. Bach just expanded on it, put a different frame on it. Well, he had like 14 brothers So what wasn't? Yeah. So what wasn't the first time those voicings were played? No. Bill Evans didn't invent those voicings. No, probably Ahmad Jamal. Yeah, probably Ahmad <laughs> Jamal. Frank Mantooth didn't invent, by the way, the so what voicing, which is the most famous. But band. Frank Mantooth did invent the magic voicing systems. Hey, yeah. No, he did not. <laughs> it's just Frank Mantooth's voice. No, but you know what I'm saying? Like the yeah. fun of it is, is realizing that it's all made up. It's all of this stuff yeah. is made up. None of it is in concrete and it's fun to play with and, yeah. and try to look at it. And be open. Ways. Like I've been very, you know, just like that humbling episode last week. Oh, it's great. Can you we know? talk about that again? Can <laughs> you roll a clip? No. Okay. Uh, anyway, we would like to welcome back by popular demand. I don't know if you saw this in the com comments, producer Caleb, but we have Caleb Cam. Look at that. <laughs> you got nervous when I said we're going all the way. And we have, Kay we have Caleb Mike too, right? It actually looks really cool with the, um, what's up, Poodles? Poodles number two, man. What's going on? Some Giant Sets background music. <laughs> All right. Well, till next time, Caleb. Till next time, Caleb. Oh. You'll hear it. <laughs> there you go. Totally missed his cue. <laughs>